my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and normally about your wallet, but now it's about more than that. We've got a lot going on right now with coronavirus and concerns about it, and I want to step back one step and give some perspective here. A week ago was when I'd say Americans woke up to the dangers that coronavirus was going to present. And if you think about in just seven short days, we went from being, other than people in Washington State that have been in the midst of coronavirus for a while and have had a number of fatalities, elsewhere in the United States, people have been kind of like, yeah, that's somebody else's story. And then, bam, it became our story in so many different ways. And the health thing has really upset people and concerned them. And interestingly enough, not necessarily the ultimate consequence would could be people dying. It's been this moving target of dislocation that is getting more and more direct and more and more specific And I think when the sports league started saying they weren't playing, the Final Four wasn't happening mid-last week, the stock market began falling off a cliff day by day, financial markets seizing up, cruise lines parking their ships, airlines now, um, several around the world now having temporarily shut down, and we may see the same thing here in the United States. It's one punch to the gut after another, after another, after another. And we're told you were not supposed to be in any groups larger than 50. Everybody knows about social distancing now. Um, And so we have had to try to find a place emotionally and mentally to deal with a massive change in our lives and our society like that. So we have the health thing. And truth be told, we blew it as a country. I mean, just face it, we blew it. We've known since the week between Christmas and New Year's, um, the political leadership of the country has known since then that this was something that was going to travel the globe. And we did not follow sound protocols. You look at the countries that did really well in the response to coronavirus, which are, there are five that have really gotten a lot of uh, attaboys from, or attagirls, whatever, from people in public health. Top of the list, Taiwan and Singapore, and then also different strategies, but similar in Japan and South Korea, to a lesser extent, Hong Kong. So what they did was, number one, testing something that we still don't have our act together on. So as we have looked the other way and have not had a good testing regimen in place, we've created the opportunity for coronavirus to spread around the country undetected and creating a big base of people who have it. So our response now is going to have to be more ambitious than what the countries that got this right did, which is testing restrictions on gatherings, 
uh, very strict quarantines for anybody who has coronavirus, and so many things that we take for granted, you know, traveling, going to an event, flying on an airplane, going on vacations, these normal activities are really shut down more or less across the United States and will have to do it for longer than the countries that got this right, that didn't have a political fail like we've had out of Washington. So we're facing, as best I can guess, because I read too much, we're facing about an 8 to 12 week period that our economy and we are being put in timeout. And the consequences of that economically are going to be quite severe. So the stock market usually is a loose proxy for what's going on with the wider economy. But right now it's a leading indicator because what investors are realizing is we're about to go in a deep recession, the quickest anything like that has ever happened since, I guess, 1873 was the last time that we had something where the economy just fell off a cliff all at once. That was for different reasons. But we're going to see wide, wide layoffs, suspension of business activities by any of a number of companies, and a struggle for a lot of Americans to deal with the most basic expenses since nearly half of Americans going into coronavirus did not have a reserve of funds. So this is going to be a tough, tough cycle, and I can't sugarcoat it. But the good of this, even though the economy is falling off a cliff immediately, and people who are worried, like I, I got an email, I woke up to an email this morning from a longtime friend who was just in a panic about um, his investments. He's uh, somebody in retirement, and he just sees what's going on with his money. And so I've been talking him through why he's going to be okay, and that he's someone who's in a fortunate position that he has uh, money available in things like CDs and savings that can carry him through the decline we're going to have now and through the eventual recovery. You heard what I said, eventual recovery. Because we're going to have this very, very brutal period of 8 to 12 weeks in terms of health, in terms of how we normally live our lives, whether we're going to have a paycheck or not where we work, if we have one, what size it's going to be, and we're going to have a lot of small businesses that sadly are not going to make it through this 8 to 12 week period. And 8 to 12 weeks is an arbitrary number based on how long it seems to take to bend the progression of this disease, this virus, across the population. So it is going to be a very hard thing. But because the underlying economy was good going into this, we had some economic slowing, but we still had a very strong economy, very low unemployment, that when we come out of this, we will have a recovery, not as fast 
as this decline is going to be, but we're going to have a recovery. And it's, it's not going to be fine right now. We're going to have some serious things we have to deal with, with health. The people who work as scientists and medical professionals have an incredibly difficult job in front of them. And again, made so much more difficult by a failure of political leadership from our nation's capital. Pitiful, pitiful fail for the American people. So we're going to have to overcome that. And it's going to mean more people are going to be ill. And sadly, more people are going to die because of the fail of leadership. But we will come out of this and we ultimately are going to be okay physically and financially. It's just going to be tough ahead. So I want you to know this. My pledge to you over these weeks ahead is as concerns mount for you as an individual or for your family, I'm going to be here to answer your questions to the best of my ability. You know, a lot of things we have more questions than answers about. But it will steadily emerge what the consequences are specifically for you financially in your life. And I will always, to the best of my ability, answer your questions about how you should proceed next in your life. So I want to talk with Eric right now. And Eric, welcome to this, what will be continuing special editions of the Clark Howard Show. Thank you. How can I be of service to you, Eric? Well, my wife and I are planning, or we're planning on doing a refinance of a home that we have a good amount of equity in, pulling some cash out, uh, got a good interest rate. But now, you know, I'm a little worried with the coronavirus, uh, and I just wanted to get what your thoughts were on doing that. So the question comes, because when you refinance a mortgage, you're refinancing for 15, uh, 20, 30 years, something like that. How long a term are you doing? 20 years. So if you're doing a 20-year refinance, and if I'm right, we're talking about an 8- to 12-week economic dislocation, then what it comes down to is the conditions of this refinance you're looking at doing, are those conditions going to make you making the payments much more difficult than they were before you would proceed with the refinance? Yes, that's true. So, yeah. so would it like what's going to happen with your payment? Um, uh, it's going up $140 a month, but I'm also cutting out quite a few years. Okay, so you're going from a 30 to a 15? Uh, to a 20. Okay, so how stable are your jobs? Uh, both of us work for the same company, stable jobs, and we do have some money in the bank, uh, but this would be used for uh, uh, fixing up a rental property and some things around the home. So you're doing, you're doing a refi, you're shortening the term, and you're taking some cash out? Yes. Okay, that's a lot of moving parts all at once. Sure. Yeah. So I would I would feel okay if your jobs are with an employer that you're not subject 
to the employer melting down over the next few months and you're going to still see a steady paycheck, then I would feel comfortable proceeding with the refinance. Hmm. Okay. Very good. Because, you know, there are a number of people, I mean, think about somebody who works in any kind of entertainment field or any phase of the travel industry. You know, your next several months are a giant question mark, but you don't, you don't, sound like you're worried at all about suddenly being cast into unemployment no then i would proceed just as you were going to do so knowing that you're getting a great deal now doing that refi and we have abby with us hello abby you have Hi, a Clark. question that is a tough one to answer yeah what's yeah, going on so my fiance and I have planned a destination wedding um, across the country, and we have about 60 of our family and friends that are coming to celebrate with us. Um, and we have had a few people drop out, mostly the older guests um, and some immunocompromised guests drop out. Um, but we still have a lot of people that are still willing to travel for us. And we're just, we don't know what to do. We don't know if it is a, if it's a smart decision to continue on with this wedding. Um, yeah, so we kind of... How soon to, is the wedding? The wedding is set for April 4th. Oh. So you're, you're in a really tough window. There's a really good shot the airlines will temporarily suspend service overwhelmingly around the country in the next few days. Mm-hmm. So you may not even have an opportunity for people right. to fly to a destination wedding. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a terribly difficult thing because this is such a joyous occasion for you and you want your family and friends there with you. And as a practical matter, not in terms of putting people in danger coming, it may not be possible to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Logistically, and that's kind of, that's it just may not we, be where we landed on. Where we landed on. Um, one thing that we struggle with is that being a destination wedding, we have put so much planning and money into it, um, and it was sort of a winter deal, winter package. Um, so our options of postponing the wedding, we we wouldn't get any money back, um, and our options of postponing the wedding tack on an extra, probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars given that it would be in another season. Um, so so here's what I would say. Don't make a decision yet. I know you want to make a decision right now because people are calling you, they're asking, and, but everybody is kind of on their back heels right now. And I would accept that, uh, I think people understand that right now it's too hard to make those decisions, even as close as your wedding is. And I think you let a couple of days run by, and it'll become more clear if you can proceed or not. The issues of the money is terrible because you were trying to save money on the wedding, and you're facing a loss of what you paid and more money to do it later. But right now, you got to wait and see if even it would be physically possible to still have the wedding as you planned. And it's too early to know. Today's Clark Rageous Moment concerns Amazon. Amazon owns Whole Foods, and 
it's unreal because we're in a time that people need to come together and do what we can to help each other. And Jeff Bezos, come on, you can do better than this. World's wealthiest person. So they put out a thing to the Whole Foods employees that if you're sick from with coronavirus, you're on your own unpaid after whatever sick leave you have, unless other employees want to lend you their sick leave. These are unusual times and unusual circumstances. You don't want any people in a supermarket coming into work sick and infecting your customers right now. You need to bend over backwards to see that your employees are healthy, and if they're not, they don't have to worry they're going to go without a paycheck if they stay home and protect others from their illness. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. And each day for now is going to be kind of like a um, special edition of the Clark Howard Show as we all in America deal with something that we are unaccustomed to. In fact, there is virtually no one alive in the world who has any sense about what happened the last time we had a global pandemic, which was 102 years ago. And there was a, a massive loss of life from what was coined as the Spanish flu, even though it had nothing to do with Spain. Don't even remember the history about why it was given a name that had nothing to do with its origin. But we are in a much better situation today in terms of being able to deal with a d disease outbreak the loss of life will be nothing like the perhaps 100 million people who died from the Spanish flu. This is going to be uh, a terrible event, but nothing like that. But the change, the dislocation in our lives is significant. And I just want to share with you what I have done that's completely out of character for me. And that is I'm broadcasting from my home studio. And I do broadcast from the home studio occasionally, but generally I go to a, a big professional studio where Kim and Joel are right now. And it was really, Kim was one of the individuals in addition to my wife and Krista who said, this is a bad idea, Clark, for you to come in. And Kim, you were, you were really worried that I was putting my life at risk. Well, yeah. I mean, if we take everything else that we know and love about you aside, you have asthma. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be coming into the station. Honestly, everyone should try their best not to go into work if possible, but we have this beautiful, magical thing that lets us do this from your home. So why wouldn't we? And so you'll hear over the days, you'll hear some technical slip-ups just because, well, <laughs> it's a whole different thing when you're doing our show remotely. And, and so we'll do the best we can to bring you a really solid sound to you and give you great information for your life. But in our own lives, um, my wife has been very, very nervous about my health. I have, in addition to asthma, I have other pre-existing health conditions and my age you know I'm about to turn 65 so I'm at a higher risk so I do TV every day and 
instead of me going to TV, TV came to me today. And I, I did TV, did some live segments and some tape segments for TV. And that's going to be my protocol is that I'm going to not quarantine myself, but I'm going to reduce the chances that I'm exposed to somebody who actively has coronavirus. And yes, I know, uh, there's been, already been people who said, you know, that's not the technical name for it, but it's a name that everybody can wrap their arms around instead of calling it COVID, blah, 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 19, whatever. So, uh, you know, this is something that we do need to take seriously. And also, if you're younger, the risk is that you get it even if you're just doing your normal stuff, and then you give it to somebody who is in an immunocompromised situation or whatever. And so that's why we have to be very careful as we're trying to reduce the spread of this. So my daughter was on spring break last week. While she was on spring break, her college canceled the rest of the semester. And so she flew across the country last night to get her books and her computer, and she has a tablet, and to come back home and finish the semester as an electronic semester like uh, most colleges around the United States are doing. So she was planning to take her stuff and put it in storage unit uh, she and i looked on the computer we found what looked like the best deal on a storage unit and you have to go in and sign a contract we reserved it whatever that means and then she got to college late last night and they said we want you to just leave your stuff in your dorm rooms and go home immediately so i changed her flight from Friday to today, and she'll be home tonight at 11 p.m. And so that's the kind of thing that is also haphazard, and it's happened so quickly. And she's so disappointed that she's not going to be finishing her semester with her friends at college, away from home across the country. And you know, in the overall scheme of things of life is not going to be a big deal. Now, her brother, on the other hand, who's in middle school, uh, he seems happy as a clam that school is going to be remote and that he's going to be at home and not have to get up as early. He's going to be able to get up an hour later. And his, uh, his day today and tomorrow, no school because the teachers are working on new lesson plans to teach remotely. And so there are certain segments of society, like the schools, that will come up with alternative ways to still teach. We don't know if the learning will be as effective distance as it would have been if it was straight in a classroom. We, we don't know that. And we don't know if kids are going to lose some academic ability they would have had otherwise but these things are necessary to do uh, me being able to work remotely think how lucky i am so we have an appliance repair we need at our house and normally it takes 
oh, about 10 days to get somebody here to do it. So my wife called earlier, and the person's coming in just a little while because nobody's doing anything like that. We're then going to have an individual in our house who could potentially bring illness into our house. And these are the kind of things that are happening. And I think about how many people aren't going to have work to go to over these next few months and how upsetting that's going to be for people because illness is one thing, worrying about your wallet, something else as well. Now, I want to tell you that we are, as I mentioned, we are doing the show in an unusual way and we're having a little bit of trouble being able to take your phone calls right now. So we're going to take your questions that you posted and Joel and Kim are going to alternate asking your questions for you in an extended edition of Clark.com slash ask. So Joel, what you got for me? Sure, Clark. Yeah, Henry had a question based on what you were just talking about. He says, Clark, I've got a daughter at college. I'm about your age. And my concern is as universities shut down, will the students who have parents over the age of 50 be tested for coronavirus before being sent home? Because this kind of seems like a disaster in the waiting. Yeah. So if kids, you know, on a college campus in close quarters with each other who don't necessarily show symptoms of coronavirus, if they come home, are they going to infect parents and potentially put the parents' lives at risk? You know, my daughter was concerned about that. And she said that when she gets home tonight, she's going to keep her distance from me for a few days just to make sure that she's feeling okay and she doesn't have any health problems that she might pass on to me. So because we don't have a testing regime set up yet in the United States that's widespread, easy, and available, we will, but we don't yet, that is one of the unknowns and one of the questions and one of the reasons it's going to take us longer than most other countries to get our arms around the depth of this and that's why we're going to have a deeper recession than many other countries in the world because we got caught flat-footed. Kim? So Michael wants to know what the Fed interest rate cut actually means for consumers. This Fed interest rate cut directly means nothing to you and me as a consumer. Indirectly, it is significant, not so much the rate cut, but that the Federal Reserve is going to make sure that they are the supplier of funds of last resort to various sectors of the economy. Uh, I have alluded to the problems that happen with the mortgage market, that the mortgage market kind of seized up last week and had a nervous breakdown. So the Federal Reserve is going to make sure that the money flows. I, I don't know if this is something people might not have even been aware of, but mortgage rates, instead of going down like they were doing, suddenly skyrocketed because nobody was willing to be the supplier of the money to close those loans. The money just kind of froze up. So the Federal Reserve is trying to make sure that where flashpoints like that happen, there's enough money available. 
Now, the Federal Reserve, by both stating that and doing the what was basically a panic cut in the interest rates that they lend money to financial institutions, they set off today's panic on Wall Street. And it was an overreact by the Federal Reserve. It would have been better for them to have been more measured with what they were doing. But remember, if you're in the middle of crisis management, oftentimes there's a lot of groupthink going on and decisions are more difficult to make wisely in a panic than they are otherwise. So the whole purpose of what the Federal Reserve's doing is trying to keep financial markets solvent and keep the banking system solvent. And so they have pledged that they're going to continue to have money flow as needed to keep the basically the gears of what allow a capitalist system to keep turning. Joel? Sure, yeah. Clark Bernice had a question about her mortgage. She says that her mortgage balance is 192000 at a rate of 4%, but this is a balloon which will expire in four years. She says, I've had this mortgage for almost six years and with rates dropping, where would I be best advised to get a refinance? I, I'm considering going with a 30-year fixed uh, as opposed to any other option. Uh, would a credit union be the best place to go? Well, credit unions, since the last, I'd say since 2015, credit unions are generally the best place to do a refi. But one thing you'll find right now with trying to do a refinance is the credit unions are overwhelmed. The mortgage brokers are overwhelmed. So many people are trying to do refis right now that really it's a matter of you contacting um, as many potential lenders as you can to see who you can get rate quotes from and get a realistic idea of when you can close now one thing you said joel you said that uh she's six years into the mortgage yeah that's right so you're going to go from a 24-year loan back into a 30 which with the much lower interest rate you can get now if your credit's good you're going to see a substantial reduction in your monthly payment but I do get nervous about you adding six years additional debt into your life. don't know if it would work for you to look at doing a 20-year mortgage instead of having your 24-year loan go back into a 30. If that's not practical for you, though, go ahead and do your 30-year refi because you will save a substantial amount of interest doing that. Here on the Clark Howard Show, we have an expanded edition of Clark.com slash ask, where you post a question for me, and then normally producer Joel does it, but since we're doing expanded edition, we're, we're giving uh, back and forth here. And Kim, what you got for me? So Kathy says within the last week, she's heard from every financial institution she's ever done business with, all saying, we are here for you. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it means whatever they want it to mean, because uh, it could mean if you owe them money, that they may be willing to do forbearance with you if you can't pay it. Let's say you get laid off and you can't pay it. Uh, if you have any kind of car loan, credit card, anything like that with a financial institution, and money has become pushed to shove in your life, 
which is something we're only starting to see glimmerings of with the layoffs that are coming, the thing is, you need to know what they're going to do to you. Are they going to report you as delinquent to the credit bureau, but not proceed with repossessing your car? Or if you get a payment holiday on your credit card, are you going to be reported as a 30-day late if you take advantage of that payment holiday? Or will you still be considered current and just accrue more interest? So when you're told that they're there for you, it's not the words that matter. It's the practical on the ground thing. And so, Kim, I want to circle back to something that I talked about last week and will come up again and again. And that is with your bills, you have to do triage. If you do lose your job or if you're an independent contractor and suddenly you have no work, you're going to have a number of priorities in your life and you're going to have to figure out what really matters. So obviously what matters first is that you have food to eat. Second, that you have a roof over your head. Third, that you have your vehicle. So those are the three things that the priorities need to be about paying. Everything else from there is really just a detail. Joel? All right, Clark. Michelle had a question about travel. She says, I purchased a ticket to Australia for May. I do understand that I need to wait and see if the airlines will be able to make this flight a go. I did buy standard flight insurance, but my understanding is that if flights are canceled due to coronavirus, standard insurance is void. So is there another insurance I can purchase to recover some of my costs? And is that best to be done directly with the airline or the third party I booked with? Where where should I purchase that insurance? All right. That's a great question. So what's known as cancel for any reason insurance you needed to buy at the time you were buying your travel but the airlines are being very very accommodating if you don't want to take a trip and if you're going to go in may the odds are certain that you will not be forced to travel if you do not feel safe at that time we also don't know if that flight will still continue to operate in may too early to know that so right now know that your money likely is not at risk even if the trip is you're listening to the clark howard show thanks for joining us today the clark howard show is produced by kim drobes joel larsgaard deborah reese and jim ayers and remember 24 hours a day we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com 